Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals, the podcast that allows every therapist, nail tech and stylist to level up, build their career and reach for their dreams. Each episode we'll be looking at a different area of the industry and along the way I'll be chatting with salon owners, industry leaders and experts who'll be sharing their stories on how they achieved their goals, made their successes, all to inspire you in your business and career. I'm Sue Davies, your host, award-winning salon owner and industry professional. Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals. Welcome to this week's Inspiring Salon Professionals on video and audio this time as we are interviewing, or I'm interviewing, um, the lovely Layla Tura, owner of Creative Beauty Group and the Beauty Boss Club. And Layla, if you don't know her, you will know a lot more about her by the end of this episode. She is a live wire and advocate for the industry and is very um, outspoken. I think some people may find her occasionally, but Layla is um, what you see is what you get. And she is a real, real ambassador for our industry. And I've got a lot of time and respect for her. And I'm hoping that she's going to be able to enlighten you on this episode all about the wonders of recession proofing your business, which is going to be so vital in the coming months and probably over the next year or so as we endeavor to keep our businesses afloat um, through trying times as well as trying to keep our households afloat. It's, it's a really, really challenging time for all of us. And Layla's here to help you try and get a handle on some of that stuff within your business. So I'm going to hand over to the interview and um, I will see you on the other side for a bit of a brief debriefing. So we are joined by Layla Tura. I've already introduced Layla a little bit, but Layla, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience and just a little bit about who you are, what you do and how you got here? Yeah, of Please. course. Um, my name is Layla. I am the creator and founder of the Beauty Boss Academy. I also have a training and distribution company, uh, the Creative Beauty Group. And during my journey of the Creative Beauty Group, I brought out my own brands to the market. Wonderful. So, and you do, you cover everything, don't you? Sort of nails and beauty. So you've got nail brands and lashes and tan and I mean, in the earlier years, because we're 17 yeah. years old now, yeah. in the earlier years, we were that training company that did everything. Um, and I'd say probably a good five to seven years in, we started to really just think, what are we looking to train people in and what are we looking to help salons grow in? So then we just became the go-to place for nails, lashes and tanning. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And I know because I think that's why I know you, but also you've got a brand because you do a brand that I used to teach four years ago called Entity, which is very lovely. Oh, it's amazing. Lovely, lovely products. I yeah. do. I love Entity acrylic. It was so good. Um, anyway, but today we're going to be talking about multi-stream income and how to kind of, um, which is something you've become quite a specialist in because yeah. you're, you, you're diversifying all over the place for your business, which is yeah. good. Um, so what is, so for people listening, what is multi-stream income? And how can they kind of bring that into their beauty businesses? Okay, so multiple streams of income is literally what it says. But what I have been recently kind of banging the drum and kind of getting out there to our industry specifically is that when you've got a set, when you've got a set of skills, you don't have to rely on just one way of making money with that one set of skills, especially today in this day and age and the way that we can you know, grow our audience and get more visibility with the online and offline space. And so by creating multiple streams of income with your skill set, it's the ultimate leverage. It yeah. just means that there's ways of turning your skills into um, 
you know, different to help different types of people, um, turning white space. I know we're going to talk about that in a minute, but turning maybe quieter diary dates or empty um, space in your diary. So white space into training environment as opposed to working on clients. You're now helping students. You know, you're paying it forward, if you like, yeah. um, being that part of the industry growth, you know, teaching people the way that maybe you wish that you were taught when you started your <laughs> career, you know, yeah. I think a lot of us a little bit, like yeah, my, yeah, you know, Definitely. So I, I think there's so many, and it's not just about taking your skills and becoming a trainer. There's also ways to be a, um, an online consultant. Um, and actually just last night I posted in my, in one of my Facebook groups, um, evidence of somebody that is not even meeting face-to-face -face clients anymore holding virtual appointments on you know something like this like a zoom mm. and then prescribing product so yeah. obviously she's selling product on the back of her experience knowledge expertise and without yeah. even touching these clients she's making money from the comfort of her own home and I, I was just going to say oh. it could be maybe from her treatment room maybe it's when she's got that white space again and she's just leveraging her skills into another income stream. So yeah. I'm all about that. Isn't I, th I think, especially like the access to online or the, the knowledge and awareness of online and what it can bring. You know, I think lockdown did a lot for our industry. It also did a lot of awful things for our industry. But there were a lot of positives that came out of it. And it gave people the power to look at how to do their business differently and I know there was so many therapists and salon owners that kind of that did that of the pivot was the big word wasn't it yeah yeah but there were so many people that kind of pivoted and did something slightly different with their skills mm -hmm. and I think you know I mean I know um I bought a load of makeup during lockdown from Trini London and and I and I had a whole online consult and it is and that whole thing and they sold me 150 pounds worth of makeup just sitting on a zoom Amazing. And yeah. it's sad, really, that we have to think of something that happened so, like, such a tragic thing that took mm. the world, you know, knocked yeah. us off our feet, the whole world, the, the pandemic, to then realise, actually, we don't just have to be in our salon to no. have an impact on people, to help people to make money. We don't just have to touch people to make money. And we yeah. don't just have to be sat behind a nail desk or behind a lash couch to make money. There's lots of other ways that we can make money with the skills in the time and the money and the energy and the emotion and everything we've invested from all of those courses that we've done and I joke yeah. about this because I was that salon owner that oh ear piercing oh hopey yeah. ear shiny oh. object syndrome <laughs> exactly and we we would we would collect these certificates like like they were a badge of honor you know like yeah. oh, got this wall of certificates that means I'm really good at what I do but actually, we're not making any more money. We're just working no. longer hours, yeah. you know. And I think for something so bad to happen, like the pandemic, to then have that mental mind shift to be like, actually, I am worth more. Actually, I am quite the expert. Um, and that's the shift that our industry had and needed. So it yeah. kind of was a good thing for us. Yeah. yeah. And I and I really hope that, you know, we've I mean, we're gonna be talking about the recession stuff and and I've it is gonna have an impact. There's no way it can't have an impact on our businesses. It's gonna impact on our clients, therefore it's gonna impact on us. And I think if we can kind of use some of those skills that we picked up during that difficult time during lockdown and how we pivoted then, you know, we know that we've got that within us mm. to keep our industry bright and vibrant and to pres to be present and current. And we just need to find a new way of tackling 
um, the way to get money in our tills. Yeah. The smart switch is going to yeah. have to be turned on because the difference that I see between that challenge and the challenge that we're going to be going into with that challenge, with the lockdowns, the government were giving out so much money. You know, mm. the furlough scheme that was just like the yeah. gift that kept on giving to a lot of yeah. people around the it world. It wasn't like the local business grants, you know, and I know grants. I benefited from those massively. Yeah. The grants, the loans. I mean, it just, you know, but because of all of that giving back then, we're going to really feel that, if you don't mind me saying, that blap that's coming to our, yeah. us as a business owner. Yeah. In, you know, from 2023. And I think the difference from the mindset is going to be there isn't going to be any payouts this time. So we're no. going to have to rely on our own skills, on our own mentality, our own mindset, our own motivation of getting out of bed and, you know, coming up with new innovative ways to keep that money coming into our business. Yeah. So it's it's going to be tough for a lot of people. Not everyone's going to be around. There'll be, a, I hate to say this, but I think some salons that are around now after the two-year closure of the, the lockdowns are only, some of them, not all of them, obviously, some of them are only around because of the payouts. Well, we're not going to have that this time around. No. So there's going to be definitely a lot of permanent closures. There is. Yeah. Um, but there will be, won't there? Yeah, there really will be. And for some people, they're going to want an out. And I think if they genuinely want to leave the industry because they've just fell out of love with it or they've seen something else they want to try, good for them. Like, go. I'm a yeah. strong believer that this is about serving your life and not the other way around. Yeah. But, yeah, for those that do want to, get through the other side they're going to have to turn on that smart switch and think of you know ways to to not just be around but to actually grow and there's so much opportunity out there yeah, you know so definitely. so I know so I mean one of the things that I I was going through your Instagram the other day <laughs> and just, Which I know I can't you know I think it might have been beauty boss? boss I think it might be beauty boss yeah. I know because you've got so many the yeah. list is on the, the show notes of Layla's um, links. It's going to be you. Maybe just have a link tree. That yeah. Use. That'd be easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one of the things that you were saying is like multiple streams of income are no longer a luxury. It's a necessity. Yeah. And um, and I do think that that is going to be um, how how it's going to go forward, isn't it, really? So what yeah. kind of things? So we've got, you know, the, what kind of things would you say are the like the top sort of four or five that we can look at as a, as a beauty business owner? Okay, so start diversifying. I've got to start with becoming an educator. Okay. And I think I say to people, all comes from a place of being there, done that, rather than saying, oh, I think this would work because it looks like it's working for other people. I really yeah. am, and I'm quite passionate about this. So I get a bit like with, with it, when I say this, that everything I give out, my advice, is coming from a place of being there, done that, so I know it works. Um, and I also share things that haven't worked because not everything's worked you know no. in the life of business you know some things don't work out and that's ear piercing well. ear piercing hope you can <laughs> yeah. I know that's it actually that didn't work in my salon either I got all no. excited about what it and nonsense. then we only did two what nonsense that we get sucked into but anyway so it's a, it's a very very obvious path that we seem to go down in our industry um before COVID obviously um that we reach a place where we go okay I'm ready to teach my skills to others i'm yeah. ready to help grow the industry give back have an impact like i said a second ago train people the way that we wish we were taught you yeah. know and becoming an educator does that it helps people step into our industry and you get paid for it you know yeah. the, 
that the space of information is something that is never going to go away, even through a recession. In fact, it's only going to grow through a recession when people are going through difficult times and they again, their back is against the wall and they've got to think of new ways to make money or to show up. Or maybe they've just fallen out of love with what they've done, what they're currently doing. They have to find places or people where they can have that transaction exchange. I'll pay you for your information. And so us as nail techs, makeup artists, waxing therapists, uh, waxing experts, beauty therapists, we're no different. We can charge for our information that we have collected through all the years, you know. So becoming an educator for me, it would be the most obvious. Um, and another one, again, I think I might just briefly explained is looking at the, you know, the assets that we've now got in front of us, the technology that has really evolved like Zoom, um, like what we're on doing right now. And by teaching people how to take care of their skin, how to give them a better skincare routine, introduce new habits and new regimes into their day to day life that they don't know until they've paid you for it. And then yeah. also on the back of that, you have some 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 product to sell. Yeah. So again, I'm turning those skills into becoming an online consultant, whether it's solely one day a week from home, maybe it's turning that white space into your diary, um, into a consulting, you know, turning your treatment room into its own little boiler room, you know, into a little consultancy um, room. They are very, very nice ways to leverage your skills. Definitely. Yeah. They're the, definitely the most two obvious ways for us um, as a as a service-based business that we can make money without touching people as well. Yeah. yeah. Isn't I think like the, and also like online selling um, of product and stuff as well. I mean, I know lots and lots of people throughout the lockdown did that, didn't they? And, and I think, you know, if you, if you've got things that you can sell or maybe that aren't even necessarily our products, but are related to our industry okay. that kind of support what we do. You know, yeah. and this is one of the things I was talking to Carl about recently is like, you know, don't don't just sell skincare, sell them all the stuff that's, you know, the cotton wool pads or whatever, you know, all of those supporting items yeah. that go into feed what we actually do, sell all the supporting items for it, you yeah. know, and, you know, solve their problems. Make yeah. sure they're not, you know, popping down to X, Y and Z shop to go and buy all those other little bits and pieces as well. Become literally a one stop shop for everything that you provide give them all of those supporting um areas to to help them and we're the same as if i just wear my distribution hat for a minute you know yes our three main um brands are nails lashes tans and then obviously we've got our brands for them but outside of the core essentials you know we need to be selling to our customers couch roll yeah Um, we were selling face masks and obviously nitrile gloves before covid was a thing obviously had to wear them in our industry so all of those add-ons for us really turned that £100 customer into a £300 customer yeah. every six weeks. So taking that formula as a product you know, distribution company and e-commerce model into yeah. what we're doing as a service-based business really is no different. It's the same no. framework. Yeah, it's the same. And it is. And you just need to work out, you know, like if you go, you know, if like if you go to Layla's shop, what, you know, what other things are you going to buy there? And think then put yourself in your customer's shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to come onto your online shop and what else can they buy from you? Yeah. And it might even be that, you know, they're going to buy a gift voucher. But, you know, maybe they could buy like a nice chocolate bar to go with it. Or so I know it's just but it is it's all that sort of thinking outside yeah. the box, isn't it? Definitely. And, you know, and- selling beautiful packaging and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And actually, I held just this week a webinar about how to get recession ready. Yeah. And I gave in that webinar 13 ways to grow your salon 
or during the quieter periods because they are coming, especially January. January yeah. is where it's going to really feel like it's arrived. Um, yeah. And I gave 13 strategic ways to go and, you know, get some bodies into your business, get new business into your business. And one of the things I discussed was exactly what you said. It doesn't have to be just about our nail colors and our um, mascara wands and all those things. And actually, um, apparently, one of the biggest industries that don't just survive a pandemic, um, a, a recession, but they really grow is pet care. So again, taking that information and thinking, okay, how can I leverage as a salon? How can I leverage their pet niche into my business? Well, yeah. if I was a salon owner, I'd be looking at my clients right now and thinking, well, she's got a dog, she's got a cat, she's got a hamster, she's got a, you know, yeah. and then I'd be looking at what I can bring into my salon because we've got Christmas coming up, you know, yeah. it's Christmas for our dogs and cats too. And I suggested things like bringing in like little nail files you know, for yeah. dogs, you know, dog nail files and pet treats for their for their stockings and stuff. It sounds like a very, very simple and very, very small move. But if you sell six to 10 of those a day, and then you look at that income stream that's just been brought in at the end of every month, there's extra hundreds of pounds there that you didn't yeah. have before. Yeah. So again, it's just getting smart. It's just thinking, getting creative, excuse the pun, yeah. but it's getting creative You've got the space already. Leverage the space. Yeah. As well, one of the yeah, leverage your customer. They're not just yeah. a nail client; they are a consumer. You yeah. know. So. And I think as well, you know, that there's a huge part of of our industry. You know, we do service mainly females, and majority of those females have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and that in it. So I remember I was doing something with um, an online consultant a while ago to, around book creation and stuff, and they were saying that one of their biggest successes has been in um, like childcare books. So, and you know, they they do something entirely different, but they saw this gap in the market, and okay. she's now made absolute fortunes, yeah. kicking like sort of you know just getting into that little childcare zone yeah. that has now escalated massively. So you know, have you know teacher prezzies. Yeah. You know, just you've got you've got all those, you know, every every mum that comes to your salon at the moment has probably got multiple teachers that her children need to buy gifts for. Yeah. So get into it. Buy the card, make the cards, buy the cards to sell to them. A hundred percent. And that's a really, really good one because I mean, my kids are a little bit older now where yeah. they're not doing teacher presents because they're teenagers, they're yeah, they they don't really do that that the years that they're at school now, but when I go back to the, and I had three kids in three years, I was, I was that crazy mom. So I would, I was that parent, that working parent that'd be going, oh, for God's sake, I've got to run into Sainsbury's and go and get a bottle of wine or whatever for these teachers and three cards. And it becomes a, not a problem, but it's just a ball ache. So if I could go to the salon that I regularly go to, and that is just handled for me, because again, I've gained a bit of time. The problem. Again, I'm leveraging again. I'm like, oh my God, you've just saved me half an hour of my time. Um, I'll take those off you job done one less thing to run around yeah. for that is just the most amazing idea yeah um, and again it's it's about thinking out of the box now isn't it to yeah. really become you know, your client's personal shopper yeah love that love that <laughs> you should put that in the group love that yeah. Yeah. but you could couldn't you you know the thing is especially yeah. if you're doing nails probably nails nails is obviously the, probably the most talkative treatment that we do as in our industry and hair 
Um, and so all the time you're chatting to that client and they're going, oh, I'm so busy and I've still got to go and do all this. You know, if you know you've got quiet space, just you could become like their little Amazon, couldn't you? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's just like real off the cuff stuff. But you can. There's so many ways that you can solve a problem for that client and it doesn't have to be making their skin glow or making their nails shine. It doesn't even have vouchers, to be. Even vouchers, yeah. they're good enough. Yeah. I mean, how nice um, than getting, you know, I'm not saying teachers don't appreciate, but I'm pretty sure they get a lot of the same things coming in at them. Yeah. Especially in the younger years and they've got 24 kids in a class. They've got 24 bo um, boxes of roses or. Yeah, you know, that's it. Candles. I used candles. to have a lot of teacher clients and oh dear. Yeah. And it, it, they. They and I'm sure they used to re-gift some of their things as well that maybe ended up in my pile. I'm sure, <laughs> but but that. but you know, but that's it's, it's all good recycling, recycling. Yeah. So this yeah. is amazing to have a stop, you know, one-stop shop in the salon to be like teachers yeah. covered, dogs, yeah. animals covered. You know, yeah, because it's, it's all of those like little trips. Because they're all they're all of those are sort of like really under yeah. 10, 15 quid presents, aren't they? Yeah. And so for us to invest in, it's not going to cost us a huge amount as a business owner to buy those products in wholesale. Yeah. Um, and so just make the most of it. Yeah. You know, think yeah. about what your clients may want and, and how you can help this Christmas be a, a much easier journey for them. Think how much fuel you'll save them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Really, really, really good idea. You yeah. definitely put that in the group. I love that. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think the, back to the recession stuff. I mean, it's going to be hard to start yeah. with because our clients that we just see them as clients. It's a bit like it takes you back to like when you're a kid at school and you see your teacher and you only ever see them as a teacher. Yeah. So when they're in school, they're your teacher. But if you ever see them out in Sainsbury shopping, that would freak me out. I'd be like, what's my, what's my teacher doing here? Why yeah. is she? Because you think they just live in school. Like yeah. they're there just for you. And I think our clients are the same. We think they're just clients, but they're not. Yeah. They're consumers. They yeah. come to us with a problem, whether it's short nails, no lashes, thin hair, weight loss program, whatever the reason they've come to us. So they have other problems. And I think if we find out what their problems are, which are forever changing, we can be always making money. So yeah. Yeah. there's always got to be a way around it, isn't there? Yeah. But so so one of the things that we were saying about that is going to that's probably going to crop up. Um, our cancellations that are going to happen and we are we're gonna we are gonna have a lot of created last minute white space we're going to also have some um future known white space in our diaries and it isn't I think one of the things I'm just working on at the moment is about looking how you manage that white space and I know that you know what you're saying about you know using that for education but how how like, I mean I know you had a salon many years ago oh. so how did you deal with those days when you had um you know like a two-hour appointment suddenly cancel what kind of Honestly, thing did you use so I had my salon for almost 10 years that I that's like my first life I'm like a yeah. cat with like I know that's it I know mine was nearly 10 years as well yeah. I was literally four three months short of 10 years I was quite gutted really chat before but um yeah. it, and it's still trading as a beautiful salon now it's not the same owners that I sold it to they sold it on again I think she got pregnant and became full-time mom and sold it on and now it's in the hands of a, another lovely um, two girls, I think, actually. And it's still a salon. It's so nice. But during that period, obviously, I started on my own. Four months later, I took on my first full-time employee. And obviously, the team grew. And so, of course, what you do with those white spaces change depending on what mm. period you're talking. So to start with, in all honesty, I probably sat there and just did my own nails. Because <laughs> we have to look, let's be honest, because yeah. we have to look the part. 
it's the only bloody time we get to work on ourselves. Yeah. So there might have been a little bit of, oh my God, I'm glad I've got a bit of white space. Yeah. And I did used to quite enjoy some of my white space. Because yeah. it was time to do things like that. Time to go and wipe your eyebrows or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I'd be straight in that back room, whack a leg on the top of the bed and give it a quick wax, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all of those things. But then when you start employment, employing people, of course, you know, wages are the biggest cup when you're bottom line and all of that stuff. You've then got to be a bit more strategic and be like, okay, time to clean up. Maybe give it that salon the deep clean. Of course, we're cleaning every day. But that deep clean, you know, mm-hmm. everything's getting switched off. Rims are coming off the wax pots and you're going underneath, you're doing all the cables, you know, the deep clean. It's not a money-making task, which I'm, mm. I'm you know, it's not an RGA, but it, it's still got to be done because especially the industry and the, the services that we provide. So that, but then again, as we got busier and we then had a bigger clientele base, and this is before, so my salon was before online mm. uh, booking appointments and apps and things. We had the good old diary. We would go back to our clients in the diary. We would call them up. Yeah. And sometimes the amount of times that people would say, oh, I've been meaning to call you. So they had every intention of getting round to making that appointment. Yeah. So by picking up the phone to them, they're in the book and we're just, we're just getting them booked back yeah. in and, and, and closing the white space, basically. Yeah. So again, the answer really comes down to at what stage you're at, whether you're a solopreneur, small team, and then you're bigging, you know, you're yeah. growing a bigger team and you're just having to think like on all cylinders, okay, how do we get bums back on seats? How are we getting people back in? But of course, for me personally, one of the reasons I sold my salon at just under 10 years is because two years prior, by year eight, I'd opened my second premises, which was my training school. So yeah. I'd already switched into that educator role. Yeah. So then I was then exchanging my time from being in labor, which is a term I use a lot in our world, to becoming an educator stood at the front of the class. Yeah. So yeah. And I was leveraging my skills that way. Yeah. yeah. A, and a very useful way to do it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, how do you find, so one of the things that I think people find difficult, and I know when I have my, I'm up at different points, I've, I've probably followed yeah, a similar line to you. I mean, I had my my education within my salon. I used to do it on days when the salon wasn't open, but um, so mine was a little was a bit perhaps easier to split. But but when we're talking about having all these multi stream incomes, how easy is it to split yourself and like your time management over how mm. you put yourself into that role, then you put yourself into the next role, and then you have to flick back to the first role. And, yeah. and obviously, it can be quite. Um, yeah juggling all those balls can be quite a challenge so how, how do you do that Layla? wow well let me just say something because I can talk from year three to year five yeah. to year 10 to year 20 you know yeah um it can be really challenging it can be so I think the first thing to do is admit that and be okay with that because we're only human you know we're trying to do all these things but there's only so many hours in the day And of course, you don't want to compromise marriages, relationships, friendships, all of that. So you've got to find that balance for sure. Again, I'm going to mention team because you need a good team behind you. You really, really do. And that's when the delegation um, skill starts to come in. That's where leadership skills start to build and learning to let go and being okay with others making decisions on your behalf. Now, that was a struggle for me, not so much now, but certainly when I went off to do another thing, because, and again, this comes back to the salon mentality. We think that we are the best in our business. And to a point we are, because no one's going to truly care about it like us, because it's our business and it's not theirs. Absolutely. 
But at the same time, we will never scale. We will never get out of the treatment room or off the, you know, the salon floor. If we still want to be thinking, no one can do it like me, or even more dangerous, my clients only want me. Because yeah. what happens then, you become the busiest fool in that business. And you don't leverage other people's time, which is ultimately what you're paying them to do. And yeah. so you have to have that chat with yourself where you have to think more logical and less emotional and remove the emotion. Yes, it's your baby and it's your business. And I used to call my salon my baby because it was before I had a real baby. So we've all yeah. called our salons our baby mm. before we started our families. So once you then learn to remove the emotion and be like, actually, it's here just to pay my bills and to pay their bills and to you know you you it does definitely help kind of separate the whole you know the emotions and then we have to think about our ego we have to remove our ego it's not about us it's about helping others and actually our businesses can stand up without us yeah I mean the companies I've got right now is absolutely living proof you know I come in here probably twice a week and yeah. sometimes I come in just for a coffee and a natter because yeah. there's managers in place so there's key players and then there's people below them doing their roles and everyone's got their, their their role in their place. And that I think is how you then really truly come to, to manage it all. But don't yeah. get me wrong. I get FOMO in my own businesses, in my own of what's going on. Oh, what do you want? Do I need to know about that? No, Layla, you don't need to know about that. I'll go. Okay. And I think oh, I really want to know about that, but you've yeah. got to, learn, you've got See, to learn I think to I go. find that so hard. Yeah. You've got to learn to let that Probably go. Control freak. Yeah, yeah completely. But um, it is. So I think a big answer is is team, you know, and just yeah. being okay with letting go and giving permission actually at the times when you really don't want to. And again, I think that comes back to what phase the business is in. So I've obviously got um, a company that's non. So I've obviously got my beauty companies, as you know, Beauty Boss, the Creative Beauty mm-hmm. Group. And then within the Creative Beauty Group, I launched my own brand, Exposed Spray Tan, then Lash Envy Lashes. And then that then went into a sister brand, Lip Envy. So when they are being born, when they are babies, they need their mum, like babies, they need their mum. When they become toddlers and they can walk on their own and they can hold other people's hands and walk to the shop with other people. I see the businesses or the brands the same way. Once they become a toddler, I'm okay to pick up the brand like a toddler and be like, there you go. I'm going shopping. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's It's the same mindset. It has to be because you do stay that control freak. Yeah. You know? And so I've got my, my, my newest company is not beauty related. It's no. creative property group. So, which means it's a baby, which means it means it needs mum more than anyone else. Yeah. When, when that company needs, becomes a toddler, I'll pick that company up. I and love I'll go, that. There you go. I'm going yeah. for a coffee with my friend, you know? <laughs> so that's how I, that's how I work that. Yeah. Yeah. I love, but I, I really love that. Cause I think it is just such a perfect analogy and and I know like my salon was my baby yeah. um, and I don't, and there was points when it was like most ungrateful teenager ever. Because <laughs> um, I think eventually you do get to that place with them, don't you? Where you just like, actually like, why, why aren't you working how I want you to work kind of thing. Yeah. And I suppose, but for, for people that are looking to um, add new things into their business and they haven't got that support team, it, it, or if, if maybe they've only got the team in one place, so then I suppose like when you're when you're going off with your little babies, then is it all about you and your connection to that baby until it's reached that toddler definitely. stage? And then that's when you bring other people in. Definitely. Well, you, definitely. 
because you've got to have a vision and you've got to have a dream and then you've got to have a map on how you're going to get to, yeah. to there. So no one knows that. Only you know that in your head. Yeah. Um, so you start like, the, again, go back to the baby analogy where you're you're growing the baby from within inside you as a human is growing in your yeah. body but as a dream of a business or a career. It's growing in your mind. Yeah. You need to get it out of your mind to turn it into something real. Yeah. But baby still needs mummy. You know, so you're doing that. You're nurturing, you're nurturing. And then, like I say, when the business becomes toddler stage and you can literally pick it up yeah. <laughs> and go, here you go, I'm off. Yeah. Just for a little bit, not forever. I'll be back at the end of the day because yeah. in the toddler phase, it still needs you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's how I've kind of got around doing that with multiple companies. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's quite a complex thing to do, isn't it? I know for me. I've, I'd like and just sort of having lists of all the different I've forever got different lists going on of how yeah. I'm going to how my day is going to be what I'm going to be doing that day because I've got probably about three or four different projects that I'm working on at the moment and it's and it is and it's it and some days the brain just just goes into a mind meld of like I can't actually deal with all of those things yeah today. and don't you think your lists get lists and it's like yeah. a set, it's like and then the carry forward list yeah, you're adding from yeah. down here yeah that's it carry for I know I've got a, I've got one of those remarkables now so now I can just literally cut and paste things out of the list which is great yeah. I love it <laughs> just the other thing back about, about Lissy I we have a CMS system so we have like a project management system called Trello it's very popular yeah. and um I don't do lists and books anymore because for me, that list, because I'm so reactive to what is going on in that very day, my I could wake up and go, right, my day is going to look like this. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. Chances are my day looks nothing like that. Yeah. But that's because of the role that I play versus um, someone else's list within the business is definitely going to be that list because that, yeah. their role is to tick off that list. And then the next day there's a new list. And so I don't do the list writing down anymore. We 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 go through a, a Trello board, which I find very satisfying when I see it going from you know to green, which is a sign off, a project's done, completed. You know, yeah, oh, get it gone. Um, but I think as well with the with the list thing, if we allow ourselves, our list will just go on and on and on. They do. You know, I, like so I think this is where we have to kind of have that cutoff point and be like, okay. I need to take action. I need to not be yeah. writing lists. I need to actually do do the thing, you know. So yeah. yeah. Oh dear. So um what one of the things that I think as well that people may be concerned about is that when they're off creating their new little baby, that mm. their original baby that's now a toddler or the ungrateful teenager <laughs> is gonna languish. Um, and I suppose really the key to that is making sure if you do have a team there, yeah. but I suppose if you're like a solopreneur and you're trying to develop all these new things, it's mm. just that sort of, yeah, just trying to keep everything going and doing that whole like swan with the feet paddling underneath yeah. the water and trying to remain graceful on top. It whilst you've got... to how It comes back to how big your vision is. Yeah. Like, for example, right now I'm in the middle of my teacher training course. Mm. Uh, we're halfway through. And I've got ladies on the course where some ladies are dreaming big, you know, they're thinking in academies um, around the country, who knows, might be internationally eventually. Then I've got ladies that are happy to teach, want to teach, hence them being on the course, but don't want to scale to that level. Yeah. So again, it comes back to how big is your dream? How big is the, you know, the, when you're visualizing what you're working towards. So if you want the big goals, and the big plans you're going to need the teams because you're going to need yeah. to delegate you're going to need those leadership skills you're going to need to switch off you're going to need to find the balance and all the other areas of life but if you want to keep it small and some people are absolutely okay with keeping it small and that's okay too 
then you don't need half of those skills. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's just sort of like, really, I, I suppose the key is just making sure that you you pick, you you take a small bite of something that you know you can achieve. And because if you, I think, and I think the difficulty is, you know, even like going back to like the ear piercing thing, you know, we, we suddenly see something and thought that's a really good idea. Yeah. And, um, and I've got loads of clients who've got young daughters that are going to want their ears pierced. Um, but in actual fact, I don't know, well, we all know they probably just go to Claire's. Exactly. <laughs> exactly because <laughs> it's like the go-to place to get your ears pierced isn't exactly. it exactly and so trying to change that mindset but you know but I think we all take on those little those little um pieces of extra revenue generation and it's just trying to find the niche that is good for you that you have got time that you can commit to it without yeah. causing damage to um yeah. your existing revenue um definitely especially now that we're in this whole world of personal branding as well that is yeah. now such a big trust factor when people are making their decisions now because the way that we buy into things our behaviors and everything like that has totally been rewired and programmed since the lockdown again yeah personal branding has never been so important than than now and so all of these things require time it's funny you say that though with all the different things my husband used to say it's an illness he's laughing goes later are you ill if i come up with another idea like are you he goes it's an illness i'm like it's a a true entrepreneur flair really is what it is but the I idea think, is definitely take it baby like bite size because yeah. you can get overwhelmed I get yeah. overwhelmed you know yeah. so we all we can it's, and I think that there's a t- I think it, we are a, we are a creative industry and I think that a, a, for a huge amount of us there is that that whole kind of shiny object syndrome and that like oh and I've I've forever got different ideas sparking in my head and I've learned so like now I try and I just try and write them down somewhere yeah. and I've got like a file on like a word document that I just go and write stuff in yeah but it's trying to pick the one that's going to be the most suitable and the one that you're going to be able to manage the most isn't it definitely it's all very well sitting having like six ideas of like yeah I could do this 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 but you really have got to try and hold it down into one thing and I know it's something I've learned a lot over particularly Mm. over the last couple of years Mm. I saw a couple of days ago I've got to tell you this a couple of days ago on Facebook you know you have those funny pages that pop up and ask questions and the question was um admit below what do you have too much of or too many of and yeah. the obvious answers were going down like shoes yeah uh, earrings and I just put business ideas because yeah. what have I got too much of all the time ideas business ideas yeah. like, and yeah. it, it, sometimes you do need to have a quiet word of yourself and be like I mean even beauty boss even beauty boss was um was that yeah beauty boss is actually born out of serving a, a whole other level though because it was born out of a lockdown and I never actually thought it was going to turn into a business mentoring company, which is yes. what it is now. And it certainly started with a very, very different plan on paper. Yeah. And um, even my husband turned around to me and said, do you, do you need another company? Like, and I went, well, no, I don't, don't need it, but I want it. Like I want to yeah. help I serve. I want to, sometimes these things are born without us even knowing it's going to be a thing, yeah. you know? So yeah. It's hard. My decisions just taken, it's done for us. Yeah, yeah. Is, I, th- I think as well, it's just, I've, I've actually started in the, I've been trying to have like a new morning routine the last couple of weeks. So last week I started a new thing of like every morning I was going to do a different exercise thing until I find something I really liked. And so, but I got very bored. So Monday I did some yoga. Tuesday I did Joe Wicks's, but I did low, low yeah. impact because I'm so unfit, low impact. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't do hit, I did lit. Yeah. 
um, and then by Wednesday, I was hurting quite a lot. So Wednesday, I did Qigong. Oh my god! And I've and I'm getting quite into Qigong. But I did. I was funny, and I was doing one this morning, um, and I did a couple of bits this morning. But one of them was this thing about intention setting, and about just having the focus on that one thing. Yeah. And doing, and they still was doing. I can't remember what the thing's called. The archer. I was doing the archer this morning. Yeah. But I said honestly, I I've really got quite into Qigong. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna become a Qigong master now. So wow. I, as I'm as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, God, I could teach this. Wow, I love but, that. Know, but yeah, but it. But I mean, that's just ridiculous because I've got a friend who actually does do Qigong and does it very very seriously and has done for a long time, and it takes years and years to master. And you know, you just like what? But I'm already as I'm doing it, I'm thinking of how oh, I could do this. Yeah. It's like yeah. no, just stop. Yeah. Because that's one thing you probably really don't want to do. <laughs> Again, it's that entrepreneur coming yeah. out. It's just that yeah. happening. Yeah. But it is. But I think you know. But the one thing that you should that I take from it is that you know always there's something whenever I'm out, you know, in shops doing whatever. There's always little things that are like little ticking boxes in my head of going, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Why don't I? Oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go home. I'm going to go and investigate that. But I think we but I think what we need to do with all the recession proofing is all of those ideas that we have is actually do go down and write them down. And at the end of the week, just see what you've got of all the different things that you look at and you think, yeah, actually, I could do that. Yeah. yeah. And you know what as well? Let's just talk on that front. The power of a conversation. I don't mm. think our industry, because, again, we're not wired this way. We're wired to get behind our desk and do this for eight hours a day yeah we're, we're, we're wired to go into labor and think we're making money by touching people and that's the only way that's the way it's been for so long so it's going to take a long time to rewire mm. that part of the brain and uh but the power in a conversation with people in our industry out of our industry where a conversation can lead to could be another business venture another mm. income stream um it's just it's not it's not spoken about enough in our industry and we don't network enough in our industry and no. we know actually that the majority of our industry work alone yeah. so you know they don't have the staff room they don't have the opportunity to um they don't have a boss you know they don't have an opportunity to sit there and bounce ideas off again like I said industry or not industry and you know I'll give you an example I'm doing something at the moment where I was approached by somebody and it all stems from my name being mentioned by somebody I'd met at a networking event, not beauty yeah. related. Um, and now we're talking business, yeah. you know, so it comes from a conversation. And I think people are so used to going to their salon, opening the door, Oh, cut the school off, um, opening the door, flicking on the lights, putting on the wax pot, you know, getting everything, spraying their, you know, sanitizing, getting ready their nail files and then just working, you know, yeah. and it's, it doesn't have to be like that anymore. No, you know, isn't. I think you know we're we're all capable of so much more. And I know um, one of my friends is, who pivoted her business. She, I'm sure, and I'm sure she was. She's been on here as a guest previously, Philippa. And she was. She actually used to work. I don't know if you know Philippa Holding. She's lovely. Oh, she's lovely. A, she used to be a customer of mine. Love yeah, Philippa. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, when you think what she's pivoted from, you know, she used to be um, in uh, working for TFL in London the transport for London but she also had a successful like now beauty business and used to do a lot of session work she used to do loads and loads of different things so she had she'd already kind of um enhanced her revenue streams kind of thing from her basic um day job kind of thing to have a, a another um, income stream there 
and then over time that's kind of developed and she now does the most she's now the most amazing um like mindset and empowerment coach and she and so like everything else has gone now and she's and she's moved her whole life into a completely different place and and I mean I've done some work with her she is and she's absolutely brilliant but that whole thing of like you know you actually sort of see that goal yeah and how to change your life yeah, definitely. I was just going to say, she did a couple of those mindset rooms for us in Clubhouse in the Beauty yeah. Boss Club. And she's, wow, she's very good. Very, yeah. the words are very impactful. Yeah. I know it is. And I just, I love the way, because she's so calm in how she delivers yeah. every word now. And it's like, <laughs> and I, you know, I mean, I've known her for donkey's years and it's, and I just, I'm so proud of how she's transitioned. And I think it is, you know, that when you see people like that or people, even people like, you know, not even people, but people like yourself that have transitioned that whole way through mm-hmm. and that you just keep finding new ways and new ideas to to create revenue. Because, I mean, ultimately, that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. And I think and I know with you, one of the things that you're really, really passionate about is that we shouldn't ever feel guilty for saying no. And we shouldn't ever feel guilty for taking people's money ever. Okay. <laughs> and it's funny because I know that question that's going to come up at the end of this interview and that was yeah. going to be my answer well, we can oh, talk about, oh sorry <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute yeah but we'll yeah. talk about that in a minute yeah. but um but I did but I think you know we have to as an industry we have to recognize that we we are literally more than these yeah and you know our hands bring us a huge amount of income um but eventually our hands do they give up and I know I did an article for Scratch a good few years ago now all about, um, I can't remember what it was called. It was called something like, like was the, when the fat lady sit, waiting for when the fat lady sings or something like that. But it was a, a whole piece about knowing when it's time to move on. And, and I think that, you know, you were saying earlier um, about that some salon owners are going to be, or business owners, because they might not necessarily have a, a like high street salon, but whoever has got their own business, it may be that what's going to happen in the next year or so is going to be the thing that does make them decide that the industry isn't for them or whatever, yeah. or you know, whatever reason it is that takes them out of our industry. But I yeah. think recognizing when you need to change and you need to move on is a really, really important thing. And plan having a plan for how you exit kind of thing. Because I know for me, I knew but probably around the time that I was wrote, writing that back in, I think it was 2018, I wrote that. And I knew at that yeah. point that I was heading to a place where I was going to be exiting my salon. And, yeah. and, and it wasn't. So I had a lot of mindset around how that was going to happen, when it was going to happen. And then COVID kind of happened and just threw it all, <laughs> threw it all out the yeah. window a little bit. But it, yeah. but it, but I think we all need to be able to have that, the mindset of being open to change because that's what we are going to be faced with in the next year. Most definitely. This reminds me of a conversation I had with a lady during the lockdown. So I'm over in Spain. We're doing our two-week lockdown with Layla, free trading. This lady reaches out to me and she says, I actually want to close my salon. She goes, I don't want to try to make it work. She goes, I don't want another government payout. She goes, I'm done. She goes, I've fallen out of love with it. She goes, I'd really like to open a little coffee shop. And I'm like, we'll do it then. And the guilt that she went through what do I say to my clients? Yeah. How do I That's the massive my thing. Clients? Yeah. They carry such guilt because they built this relationship, which comes back to the boundaries that we didn't have him set in place in the first place. It comes back and bites us on the ass. And um, she did close down and she's got a cute little um, coffee shop now, which I, I follow it now and I give it love and attention when I see it popping up on my Instagram. 
but she had to go through a self-healing she had to almost like mourn for the business to, to close it and and be okay with that and 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 face the judgment and face the whatever was going to come from her clients and I just had to say things to her that it's not rocket science and I've you've heard me probably say it a lot in in my communities which is our businesses are there to serve our life. If you want a particular lifestyle and you want, you know, to pay yourself a certain wage and you want those holidays and you want those things, then um, you need to decide what you want and then you need to work backwards. Okay, we had a bit of a technical hitch there. I had a fighter plane go over and I think that blocked my Wi-Fi or something and the whole of my Zoom shut down. So, so, so we got cut off mid-sentence. So Leila, please carry on. Well, I was just talking about the lady who who needed to give herself the permission to be okay with trying something new, going into a new industry, closing her salon, and then dealing with how she faces her clients and what she says and how she goes about that. You know, she didn't close down because of the pandemic. The pandemic gave her an out, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's what we were talking about. We were talking yeah. about being okay with making other yeah. decisions to make yeah. money and to... Is and I do think that as as a particular, I think particularly, I mean that whole thing about being a salon owner and that your clients need you, and and I know I felt quite a lot of guilt about what I was going to do with my clients and how I was going to tell them, and I was quite fortunate. Most most of my clients that I had that concern with had been with me probably at that point for probably about fifteen years. And so they kind of, they'd seen my life, they knew what I was going through. And so when I actually spoke to them, they kind of understood. Um, and even like now, like a lot of them are still on my Facebook and they still like join in with little conversations and stuff. And, and it's really lovely because they have, you know, they become kind of part of your family. And I think this is, you know, there's that very difficult line of be being yes. a friend or a client and all that kind of stuff, which is another whole different episode. But, yes. but it is, it is difficult when, when you make that decision to make the change and whether it's the change that you're going to step, take a step back or that you're going to actually up your game, making that, making that decision is really really vital to you and, and making it with positivity and with um, impact is is so important to yeah. be able to push through with whether it is you want to take on a whole different retail thing that you like a whole e-commerce platform and I know you know there's a lot of companies now a lot of I know quite a few of the skincare companies have done it where they'll drop ship for you and stuff yeah. so yeah. you know you can just basically take out, you know, have like an e-commerce site that links into them and it, and they've sent it all out for you. So, yeah. you know, ask your skincare provider or your, any of your distributors that you work with, because I know not everybody does it, um, but it has is something that I think during the pandemic has become more common to see that kind of thing happening. Leverage at its finest yeah. because, and I've said it so many times, we are influencers. And when we hear the word influence, we straight away go to the influencers we see on TikTok and Instagram, yeah. getting their free goodies from Zara and some skincare and some fake tan or some makeup brand. No, no. We as businesswomen who face people on the daily, we are an influencer. When we have our clients down the school at the gates and they're talking to the other mums and they're showing their nails and they are saying, oh, I go to the lady down the road. They are our influencer. We are all yeah. influencers. And so that there, what you've just mentioned, that model, which is an amazing, which is technology and its evolution and the yeah. way the commerce model yeah. has gone, which is amazing, is the fact that 
they have the logistics in place with the warehouse the pickers the packers the inventory all the, the yeah. software stack all of that but they can't get in front of their ideal customers but we're sat there right in front of their ideal yeah. customers yeah we then become the influencer and we get this is paid on the back of that so again it's leveraging that is amazing and and i th- and i think as well that that way of working is so fantastic because i know for me in my business i'd have you know my skincare company that i worked with and i'd have hundreds and hundreds probably thousands of pounds worth of stock sitting on shelf yeah and and not everyone's going to come in and go oh, actually i want three of those today so i'm going to take those but if you've got that on a global network called yeah. the internet yeah. Google, Safari, you know, whatever, whatever search engine, Firefox, whatever one you want to go to, and you go in and go, I want X company skincare. They're not necessarily going to find, um, you know, what they what they want. And if you've got good search engine optimization and you've got a nice e-commerce platform and you've got someone that is going to supply those goods for you where they're holding them in their warehouse. Um, and I tell, and even actually, so one of the things, because this is like, it's going through my head, Amazon fulfillment, you know, yeah. Yeah, you, you can buy a load of stock and drop it to Amazon and yeah. um, send it to Amazon and Amazon will drop and Amazon will literally drop ship everything for you. Yeah. And Amazon yeah. fulfillment is something that I know I watched um, in lockdown. I watched, I can't think of who it was now. I can't remember her name, but she basically started. She was a, an American student working, studying over here, was a bit skin. So she started selling makeup brushes on Amazon. And she was buying them in from, I would imagine, probably from the People's Republic. Um, and she was selling these makeup brushes online. Anyway, and she got, she was she kept running out of stock, so she was buying more and more and more. She's now got a seven-figure business just, be, just selling stuff on Amazon. Easy, easy. And it's yeah. just, yeah. Amazon. There is um, a difference. We know it can be done, but not everyone's willing to take the action to yeah. do it. Yeah. So it comes kind of back to your own But I do think that maybe, and I, and I know for her, she needed the money and she needed to be able to buy food and she needed to be able to pay her rent as a student and all that kind of stuff. And I think that perhaps what we've got coming in the next year or more is going to push our need so that we then will make the steps to make those things happen. Yeah, And knowing that you can go from sort of, you know, and she literally was selling, I think she had like, it was like a five piece set of makeup brushes that she was selling for like $6.99 or something. And it literally, you know, in the rest of social media terms, it went viral and it just was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And she's now, and she now teaches other people how to do that. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's a fantastic way to the market yeah. because we are piggybacking off the influencer strategy aren't we where yeah. we are going back to what you said and actually we're already doing it in the nail industry if you think of all the nail ambassadors with all the products yeah. um you know we've got our own here with entity where we've got people doing various things on the internet i'm giving them the product for free and in return we've got new cust- new accounts opening new customers course yeah. inquiries it, it's very powerful yeah. very powerful is i think we just yeah we just need to open our eyes to what's around us and yeah. to leverage the technology and google and it's only going to get more and more and more sophisticated but also but things like i mean and you you will have this i mean i know you've got a a few websites i'm sure um but you know having your seo and i'll use the proper words again a search engine optimization using keywords that the algorithms and the crawlers find you know that is so vital and if you are going to upscale and like diversify what you offer and that's going to have any level of online activity to it 
it, that's one thing I'm sure that you'd probably recommend that someone actually does get someone in professionally that understands how that works. Well, actually, I used to have a guy called Steve that used to solely do all of our SEO. Uh, we don't have him now. Then we moved over to um, a product of Google that Google offered us. Mm -hmm. um, and again, anyone can do this. Just go to their Google account <clears throat> and find the product, the service where they have obviously a small team. <clears throat> and of course, the price that you pay them is very much dependent on the size of your business. So you go through a bit of an application and yeah, they just help you with keywords and they help you with SEO. And again, it comes back to what does that business owner want? Yeah. Do they want to scale? Do they want to just stay where they're at? There's a lot of people that are happy to stay where they're at. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that are happy just to make their, just to pay their bills through the recession. Yeah. There's also going to be that other type of person that, that wants to actually be born through the recession, yeah. you know, have a, an idea come to life on the back of the recession, yeah. which is why you would have heard me say in the past, the recession actually can mean a lot of growth. But yeah. you've, got to, you've got to be there in the mindset to start with. It is. And, and it is. And I think, and you've got, you've got to have A, the need, B, the desire and C, the skill to be yeah. able to make that happen. Yeah. And if definitely. you haven't got the skill, then to find someone else that has got the skill. Absolutely. And if it, it may mean that you have to make an investment in that person as well to get them on your side to do that work for you. Yeah. But, you know, but that, but it is, but it's all, it's, at the end of the day, it's all risk, isn't it? And, and it depends on how much you're prepared to put in to get that um, result back. Yeah. I mean, what you've just said then, I mean, we're doing half of that already in our salons, you mm. know, for the salon owners. I mean, the obvious person to mention will be an accountant, you know, yeah. we're not. Uh, our own account accountants <clears throat> excuse me we're not our own bookkeepers we 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 leverage other people's skills they are better than that than us mm. so we, we pay them for that and we should be seeing ourselves with our set of skills as no different yeah. you know so yeah yeah right anyway so last question then i um layla <laughs> <laughs> so if so if you were to give advice to your younger self or to a a, a a newbie in the industry or whatever what would your advice be and we have we sort of hinted at it because the kind of yeah yeah you've heard me bang yeah. about it before yeah um honestly it would be get very comfortable with the word no as earlier as possible in yeah. fact I instill a lot of this into my kids now and one of my kids in particular is almost too good at saying the word no <laughs> yeah, like, just yeah, don't say no to me yeah I'm like, that's kind of backfiring you're not allowed to say no to mom or dad <laughs> say no yeah. Um, but no, definitely get comfortable with the word no. And it's a very, very, very easy formula. When you are saying no to others, you're saying yes to yeah. yourself. So I think, again, from, a, from an environment where we work very closely with people, they open up to us, they tell us their problems, they tell us their marriage issues, their dramas with their family and loved ones and best friend fallouts. So they, you know, we blur lines. And what then happens, it gets really hard for us to think of things like price increases, saying no to the late night, saying, no, I won't come in on my, you know, okay, I'll come in on my own time. And the word no gets really awkward. So I would definitely say, get very comfortable with saying no to others. And by doing that, you're setting boundaries, you're managing expectations, and actually they start to have a bit more respect for you. And I will actually just tell you a little story here. So, like I said before, I'm the mum who had three children in three years. So I actually was doing things for my business because I wanted to. So I'm going to say I've been very comfortable with 
no at quite an early age but that's because I started business I opened up my first as I was a teenager so I kind of had to learn through lessons on the go so when I had my second baby Amira she was 10 years old 10 years old she was 10 days old and she got meningitis and at that particular yeah and at that particular period I wasn't actually working. I wasn't a working member of staff in my salon. I was a salon owner, but I was a working member in my school. Like I said, it was the separate premises, two buildings actually directly opposite. But at this particular time, I had given um, a full-time member of staff holiday leave and she was abroad on holiday. And rather than closing down her diary, me, pregnant, I had replaced her in her diary so I'd step back into the salon I went back into labor and I was nearly about to you know give birth myself like, anyway. Yeah. anyway here we are with these two different businesses and I've gone and said yes to the customers let's not you know let's keep the diary open even though you know she's gone on holiday and I'll step in again which basically meant I said no to myself baby's now born the dates never match up to what they tell you and there's no. still bookings in the diary and because on the first pregnancy with Coco, I very quickly went back to work. I thought I could just do it again with Amira, my second baby. But I didn't obviously envisage her to be pulled into the hospital 10 days later uh, with meningitis, which meant I had to go to the hospital every single day. I cannot tell you, and this is the moment where something really probably switched for me. And I thought, no, 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 you are there to put money in the till. To, I'm helping you and I love helping you, but you are there to make this business a profitable business and to pay for my wages and everyone else's wages from that company was when my sister, who is my head therapist at the time, was my manager at the time, actually, was bringing the diary into the hospital because I was in the hospital every day. Let's not forget I had a one-year-old as well. Yeah. And um, she's coming with the diary and the the she made the calls to the customers to say, Layla's not going to be able to do your appointment because actually such and such has happened and she's, you know, in the hospital. And the some, not everybody, most were like, oh my God, that's awful. You know, send my love, et cetera, et cetera. But there were enough clients to say, oh my God, that's really bad. Or, you know, hope she's okay. But oh. who's going to do my bikini waxing? I'm going on holiday on Friday. Yeah. But who's going to do my lashes? I don't want you to put me into someone else's column. I really like the way Layla does those lashes. I'm glad Layla stepped back in. I And... Again, here comes the part where you're like, hang on a minute, hang on. So you've got to get very comfortable with the word no, because those clients, they're lovely people. They're always coming in for you to fix their problem through a service that we offer. Yeah. When the tables are turned, they don't like it. So you have to get comfortable from the off with, these are my rules. These are my working hours. These are my prices. I think we've, we have, we do have to be mindful. And I know I've learned so many things over the years. And one of them is to not compromise mm-hmm. on what it is I want to charge. There mm-hmm. is, you know, people will come to you. If, if, if they can't afford to come to you, they won't come to you. If they can afford to come to you, they'll like the fact they can afford to come to you. Yeah. Won't they? We were, I had this conversation with someone the other day about someone that will pay 300 pounds um to have or 250 pounds to have a service done and why on earth would anyone pay that and it's like they'll pay it because they can and then they can tell people that they paid that much money status thing it's a status thing and And it makes us feel good it makes us feel good yeah Yeah. and um and it is and I think that there's nothing wrong with like maybe you know as long as your service level 
matches that cost because if you do a crap job obviously no one's going to want to pay you 250 300 pounds but but if you if you've got a high level of of a high standard in what you put out then why not become that person you know like the there's a uh, one of those programs where they were talking about people that have things coated in gold and then charge i can't there's a shop in there's a shop somewhere in um or a business, it's not in a shop, it's a, a business that's held somewhere in a unit somewhere. That And they literally, they were spraying a, a bike, gold, for a, some Arab Arabian sheikh. And he, he paid them something like £800,000 just to have this bike gold. Yeah, it's crazy. It's what we, it's the, it's the value, it's perception. Yeah. The whole thing is perception. Yeah. And we can look at Rolex watches. We can look, we can listen to, you know, we can look at diamonds, you know what's actually given those things value it's our mm. perception of value yeah. you know so it's 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 very very yeah. interesting so that as long as yes yeah, so it, and i think even you know just you know again one of the things to kind of recession proof you go back into that little bit is just make sure you have got your pricing correct make yeah. sure that you are charging your worth and that you i do i had i hate that phrase because it is just it's, it's been so overused hasn't it but it is but just making sure that you are making enough money to mm. make it worth your while Mm-hmm. we 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 again a lot of salon owners probably some of them owned up publicly and like in the group and stuff and some of them would have kept it to themselves but sometimes when you're looking at your prices or going back to the lockdown a lot of salons looked at their prices after maybe they did some maybe they did profit before passion with me or maybe they did someone else's numbers course whatever and by the time they figured it all out it was like they were it's like they were the staff. It's like they were working just to pay staff. Yeah. Like really the staff are the bosses, you know, like really that, you know, and so we've got to be really careful with those numbers because everything around us has got, has inflated so much. Yeah. That we have to move along with them. And again, yeah. it comes back to that saying, saying no to others and yes to yourself. Put yeah. the prices up everyone else has had. Don't yeah. absorb it. Don't be the so one you know, that gets yeah. the... I mean, inflation at the moment is like joining just over 10%. Mm. So, you know, just with that, you need to put your prices up to, yeah. by 10%. Yeah. And when it goes up to 15%, you need to put them up on the 5%. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think that this will maybe do us a favor in that, like, customers, clients will get used to prices rising mm. and without notice. And, and it is, and it's always worth, isn't it, just having that thing on your prices that prices are not set. Yeah. <laughs> prices may change without notice. And I also think, as well, with this, with, with so much inflation going around, um, I think it makes it even easier for the salon owner to say, me too, actually. Yes. I'm a business just like, you know, um, yes. what makes our business any different to any other business? I think if we were to put our prices up, I mean, we should be putting our prices up when we know it's ready for when, it, when our business is ready for a price yes. increase. But when we're doing it on our own, there's nothing else really going on with the economics. We kind of stand out like a sore thumb. And there's a bit more of a thought process for the client. But when we're putting our prices up at the same time that fuel, energy, beans, um, what yeah. was the thing that was going around the internet because people couldn't believe it was seven pounds for a, a lure pack, seven pounds for lure yeah. pack. You know, when this ha- when inflation is happening all around, I think it's the best time to yeah. increase prices like every other business because yeah. you're like every other business. Because if you don't, you're going to get left behind. And that, and if, and it, and if you want to continue, it's one thing if you don't want to continue in your business, but if you do want to continue in your business, you have, you're going to have to put your prices up and get uncomfortable with doing that and get and get used to the fact that you might lose some clients Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But then those clients you retain will be paying you more. Yeah. And makes way for the right clients. And yes, indeed. The right clients. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so how anyway how can people find you because I know you with your multiple different um hats that you have on so wow. what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to find out what you do more I would say the go-to place would definitely be for the website would be the beauty boss academy.co.uk and for Instagram and Facebook where we probably predominantly hang out over on Instagram would be beauty boss hq um mm-hmm. yeah definitely beauty boss and then they're all then interlinked from from that place yeah so, okay yeah that's lovely right well we should probably close up because we've been on here for even allowing for the um fighter jets going over this today um, we've been on for quite a while so thank you so much Layla and I'm sure that there's some amazing value packed into today's episode and um and we will yeah be back Thanks next week that's okay I know it's, it's we had a little bit of a blitz didn't we because you weren't very well the other week but but you're here now and um and it is. On. all brows yeah brows, the brows are showed up <laughs> yeah I know we're having a conversation about brows and I've just had mine removed and Layla's just had hers done so we're like <laughs> well, we're both in a weird brow we're both in a weird brow cycle at the moment but anyway thank you so much for coming on see you all next week Thanks. Bye for now. Thanks, everybody. Bye. So, a lovely interview there with Layla. Sorry for the slight interruption, um, but I do live near a big airbase now, and I don't. And the all of my Zoom just shut down as one of the fighter jets went over. So, um, there's going to be a bit of a blip in the middle of this. So, apologies for that. Um, I think there's a lot to take away from that, and whether or not it's that you want to start an online e-commerce um, platform within your website whether or not you want to go into um, sharing your skills through education, whether you want to um, build your team, whether you want to up your prices, whatever it is, there are multiple ways that we've just gone through over how you can raise extra revenues and resources within your business. And do get in touch with Layla. She's got some fantastic resources on her Beauty Boss Academy and on she's always sharing things on her Facebook and her Instagram do get in touch with her. Her educator program has just started her its first round and I'm sure her doors reopen for another one in um, over the winter. I think it's in January or February that she has a second round of those starting. So think about how you can increase what these do um, into more money because these don't always have to be on someone's body, face, nails. They can do keyboards and they can do multiple other things that can bring you other revenues so thanks very much for watching and um we will see or for listening if you're listening on um your podcast platform and i will be speaking to you again next week bye for now thank you for listening to inspiring salon professionals if you've enjoyed the podcast please subscribe leave a review and share with fellow industry professionals that you think may enjoy the show Links and further information can be found on the show notes or on my website, www.suedavies.org. Here you can also find some downloadable free guides that you may find of use. You can also hear from me and join the inspiring Salon Professionals community on my Facebook group. Thanks again and see you next time. Bye for now.